Welcome to Reinventing Strategy podcast. This is a podcast where we discuss anything and everything about business, strategy, and sustainability. I'm Petri Salo, and today we have a slightly different perspective on the topics of business strategy and sustainability. As we have discussed in the previous episodes, the interplay of business and sustainability is providing some new and unprecedented value creation opportunities for businesses. As we know, dematerialization and decarbonization are both things that are pressing priorities for us all. And when we discuss uh, business strategies that benefit from the sustainability drivers, we typically find four different drivers that enable those businesses. They are technology, markets, public awareness, and policy and regulation. And today, we will be discussing this from a slightly different perspective. We will be discussing what is the role of media in tackling the big and hairy problems that the world is facing these days. And today, I have the privilege of being joined by the Director of Communication Strategy at San Francisco Agency, Steve Lee. A very warm welcome, Steve, and thank you so much for joining me today for this chat. Hey, how's it going? Good to see you too. Good to see you. And I should mention that I also have the privilege of calling you a friend as well. So we are connected also outside of business. Yeah, we are. The music runs well within our veins. It indeed does. So before we dive into the details of media and its role in helping tackle or interfering with the tackling of the big and hairy problems of this world, would you like to say a few words about yourself and your relationship with media? Sure. Um, well, of course, I work for San Francisco Agency, um, and we are a PR agency, but maybe a little bit different kind of PR agency where we focus on journalism and uh, bigger media around the world, trying to help uh, Finnish and Nordic companies get into that media and tell their stories. Uh, we work with all kinds of different technology companies and consumer companies. And it's just been a really amazing trip. But funny enough, my background is not actually in communications originally. I've only been doing that for the last 11 years. I, I've been spending my time as an engineer before that and also CEO of a couple of different companies here in Finland. And you are also a citizen of the world. Citizen of the world. I guess you could call it that. <laughs> Exactly. So you, you are kind of uh, spending your time on at least two different continents. That's correct. Yeah, I, I um, work both out of, since COVID, I've been working both out of uh, Denver, Colorado and Helsinki. So I go back and forth between the two countries quite regularly. One of those great things that COVID brought to the table was the idea that we could work from anywhere. Indeed. So... Keeping with the theme of the podcast episode today, as I introduced, we are facing some quite significant problems in our world that require coordinated action from people to tackle them and shared views of those problems and the available solutions to tackle them. And obviously, if we look back over the past years, we've seen that media, while it's on one hand, helping us share fact-based views of the things that happen in the world and help tackle those. But I guess we can say that we're also seeing the media to some extent interfering with forming 
a shared view of these problems and creating transparency. So what would you say is the state of media at the moment from where you are looking at it in terms of helping us form a shared transparent view and uh, tackle these big problems of the society? Well, you know, I think that um, our view of media has been formed uh, because, well, media has changed quite significantly over the years. Um, I was listening to Dan Rather. Uh, he is a great newsman uh, who has uh, been here in the States. Uh, you know, the guy you used to watch on the evening news every night. Uh, and that's what we used to do, right? There was like three channels and you could pick which one you wanted and then they would show half an hour of the world news and everyone sort of had that same common point of view. And I was listening to him talk recently and he was telling about how news media has changed in that uh, before it used to be part of a network where the people who did the entertainment were the ones who made the money and the news media and the newsroom was allowed to be separate um, and wasn't expected to generate revenue. Um, moving forward to where we are today with media, newsrooms like CNN and, and uh, cable news networks came along and started to turn that into a revenue generation place. And so if you ever listen to uh, a lot of these different pundit uh, things and different things you see on the media or on TV or on any type of channel, uh, and with the combination of social media, we've basically come to a situation where media and news have become a revenue generation for the networks that are out there. And this is what's sort of driving a lot of the, a lot of the narratives. So it's all about now getting clicks and sometimes journalists and editors and the way that the news media now works has to sort of fall into line in order to be able to survive. So they're in a very difficult place. There are great journalists out there who are ready to tell the story and get into and dive into the concerns and the ways that we could share and come up with maybe new, uh, you know, finding out those facts and that information. But at the same time, they're under a lot of pressure to generate revenue and make money. And so this has caused um, caused it so that the consumer has to actually go out. Uh, whoever's reading the news, people like you and I, we have to go out and actually maybe look at lots of different media because it's all being designed to generate revenue in one way or another. So there are answers to that, but this is this is where the state of media is today. Yeah, that makes sense. And I guess when you move from that uh, fact-sharing role that media used to have, the newsrooms, let's be more specific, used to have, into what I hear you saying more like an entertainment role where they need to be providing something attractive for the audiences to tune into so that that attention can be turned into revenue stream as well. So that's, I guess, how I'm hearing your assessment of this transition. And that's true. There's that competition between those things. Luckily, here in Finland, of course, we have uh, stations like YLE, um, which are funded by the state. 
And um, if you look at the the data on it, um, you know, Finland has something like one of the highest news media trusts in the world where like 69% of people in Finland trust the media here. And that's across all media, whereas in the US, it's 29%. And that disparity comes from the fact that uh, everything has been pushed and pushed and pushed through social media and all the other things that are required to compete. We've gotten to a place where it's really, really difficult to look at one single news source and be able to get everything that you need and to be able to fully trust it. I think the only answer to all that is to really diversify our portfolio of news that we watch and listen to and to um, encourage people to do that. I would say that there's one really good source there in, in, in English speaking news. There are of course the BBC and other ones that are out there. Um, Associated Press. The, the Associated Press actually is a nonprofit organization owned by all the American, large American news organizations, and then they utilize that core information for other reporting. That's why the Associated Press, in a way, has to remain very structural, very factual, very focused on the content that they provide because they end up being a source for all the other news agencies who then put a lot of opinions and other things on top of whatever it is that they're. So so they do their own reporting on top of the stuff that the Associated Press is used for a base. So when uh, elections are called, for example, in the U.S., Associated Press is, is the one who actually, who actually is the one that's trusted for that. Very interesting. And that actually brings me to think about the specific challenges that uh, this shift in the news media has created to our society in the context of tackling these really big problems that require all people to share the view of the problem and share the priority of it and also share the solution. So I was happy to hear as a Finn that your assessment of the Finnish situation is somewhat positive in contrast with the situation you assess in the US, for example. If we go back to like the recent um, US president elections, I guess that was when the fake news kind of a thing really popped up. Mm -hmm. That's right. Then we look at, for example, COVID, how media and news media handled and provided polarized perspectives on COVID. And then I personally, you know, I'm, I'm passionate about the themes of sustainability in business context. Mm -hmm. And I also see media being quite polarized about the priorities in the sustainability domain. So do you have any good ideas what we could do to help areas like the US that is suffering from polarized news media? How could we start tackling that in addition to the AP kind of a mechanism that you mentioned? Well, you know, it is really interesting. First of all, I, you know, no media out there and no single source of information is the end-all be-all for everything that you need. Just like in expertise, just like in science, you need lots of verification and lots of other things to sort of have a basic understanding of where things are coming from. I have found that the only way to solve our media problem is to stop siloing ourselves and to start getting into understanding and stomaching things that you disagree with. 
our way of combating that is to listen to and read as many different kinds of opinions as possible. Uh, you know, I, I have a lot of friends who maybe don't agree with me completely or people that I've been introduced to who might have a very conservative point of view. And what I always find out is that those people like treat me really, really kindly. I go to their house. I eat their food. I We laugh. We talk about sports. We talk about all these things that we have in common. And when we do that, it ends up that we find out that we have a lot more in common with people than all of the things that are trying to rip us apart. And the press and media actually earn their money by making us fight against each other and pointing out these differences and pointing out the pain and difficulty. There is a recent podcast actually by um, Freakonomics Radio. They had an episode about why the news media was so negative in the U.S. And it is truly a money-making opportunity. The best way for them in, for example, you were talking about the election, the best way for them to get clicks is to say something negative about the opponent. By, by putting ourselves into the situation where we can see, read, hear, and understand. You don't have to agree, but see, hear, and understand different points of view from the one that we um, have already agreed upon. If we can get ourselves out of our silos by not shutting down different kinds of media that are out there, but going off and taking a look at the different pieces, you might actually find out that there are parts of that media that you actually amazingly agree with and that the landscape is much more complicated than just the black and white that we put out there. In a way, what you said, it reminds me very much of the nature of the collective action problems we have with, for example, the sustainability issues and climate change and so forth, because the fact that polarizing media, providing controversy, siloing the bubbles through social media and so forth, that provides a direct earnings opportunity for the individual players. But while they do that, they are eroding the social well-being of the society because we are kind of conflicting our interaction with between between the different people and, and, and the camps and so forth. So that is a big question. What could we learn? Yeah, so what would, could we learn to incentivize? How could we make this a valuable problem for somebody to solve? So how could we incentivize these players to change their behavior and, and actually get benefit, earn from creating transparency and uh, shared views. I think it's super interesting to look at how I think if people knew that they were being manipulated, not by individual journalists or by maybe even individual publications, but rather by the system that we have created, the system that rewards siloing, the system that rewards clicks in this way. Um, I don't think we're going to be able to change 
some of those types of things. So what we have to do is maybe find a way for people to direct their concern and their anger and their feelings and reward organizations that provide the truth and provide uh, transparency. I, and again, I, I, maybe truth is the wrong word because people often tell the truth, but don't tell everything that has to be there. And the truth is super complicated. So we as humans want things to be simple and labeled and compartmentalized very, very clearly so that we can go about our business and know where to look and trust. You know, one thing we could learn from from Finland, actually, is that Finns are kind of skeptical, right? I mean, they don't just take everything at face value. I've lived in Finland for 23 years, and one of the things that I saw is that if you go out, unlike Americans, I think if you go out into Finnish society and you say, I am the absolute, this is the absolute greatest, best thing. No one believes you. What you need to do is you need, to, people need to have other people, multiple people tell whether something's actually good. And then they might believe you. Whereas in the US, you want to be sold. You want to be told and say, someone to say to you, this is the absolute best thing that you can buy. Right, you go into a car dealership. Absolutely, I, this is the best car on the market. Absolutely, this is the best thing. And we're and 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 the American, me, I'm like, yes, yes, I, that's what I want. And I was expecting that same thing when I was in Finland too. Like someone would say to me, "There's the best thing. You take it." No one does that. You know, they go, "You decide for yourself," because otherwise, no one believes you. So we need a little bit more of that in other societies. We need to be skeptical. We need to not just believe everything that everybody says, but to seek out facts and to create that culture similar to what Finland actually already has. That's great. I I like that. And obviously being a Finn, I, I buy that as well. So of course you do. Exactly. Um, I guess wrapping up. Time is flying when you're having fun. So wrapping up. So I guess what we can say is we understand why media as a business, newsroom segment of media as a business has become what it is. We also understand that there are also other users of media who use media for their own purposes to uh, massage the public opinion in their favor. Uh, I guess what we're also saying is that... Um, Somehow there are mechanisms that we can help people judge the content better. We can help them with that process. However, then there are also very regional differences, very steep differences in, in how media is consumed, which is, I guess, to me, it's like consumption in general. Like, how do you, what do you buy? Do you, do you buy whatever you're sold and so forth? Or are you curious? Are you critical and so forth? So I guess that's that's an interesting thing to see how the media and audience behavior also evolves. So really looking forward to those things happening. To close quickly, what is the next big thing in media that you are looking at or expecting to happen or interestingly following? Well, I strongly believe that people are going to get so upset, which they already are 
people are so upset with not being able to trust what they read and what they see that there will be new kinds of technology which and 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 a hopefully a shift in mentality that people don't put up with anymore that people become and start to act like more have a more finished attitude towards the media that they read that they read multiple things that they don't take things at face value and and it will be us as consumers with regards to sustainability with regards to the things that we care about that will drive media to change so fact is that news media and all media is eventually going to have to come to a place where they have a more balanced view and share multiple points of view within their programming and within their news. And hopefully we as consumers and through using different types of technology and seeing the transparency, uh, seeing the emperor has no clothes, I see a shift in the consumer and in the people who are consuming media to wanting more facts and caring about um, the truth and getting multiple points of view like any good scientist expects to get multiple points of view and challenge themselves and um, because they're pissed off. Simple as that. And that's going to be the uh, shift. I like this ending, not because people are pissed off, <laughs> but because you said that Media consumers should become more Finnish. I like that. And and to me, it sounds almost like uh, a, a direct analogy with uh, fast fashion, kind of a consumption mm -hmm. pattern where people are becoming more responsible about their purchase choices. I think we are seeing the same in media, right? It's true. It's true. But it's because eventually people have had enough pain. We have to stop that. Let's end with that note. We are determined to change and stop that and change it for the better. Thanks so much, Steve. Always a pleasure chatting away with you on, on any topic. And uh, obviously your insights on media are really interesting. So thank you so much for joining me today. No problem. I could do this all day. We'll do it again. Thanks a lot and have a good day. All right. Thanks. <laughs>